0: Right. good morning, everybody. Very good, God is good. Awesome, yes. Um, got a couple of announcements here as we get going. Uh, this thing isn't working, so I'm going to look back here. Oh, it helps if you turn it on. That's the first technical support question, is it on? <laughs> okay. There we go, exactly. All right, uh, where's Nick at? You want to come on up and give your announcements? That'd be great.
1: Good morning. Ooh, that was a spark. There's a spark between us. Yeah. It's a little static. <laughs> All right, good morning, good morning. Hey, uh, a couple of announcements here. So first off, we're really excited today. We're going to kick off our first meeting of Teens Growing in Faith, TGIF. Uh, those are, that's our new group for fifth through eighth graders um, right after the church here. So we'll be meeting there um, back in the fellowship hall. Uh, we'll have a light lunch, and um, a little bit something I'm going to be asking small group leaders to help out with is we would like your support in helping us uh, feed the feed the youngsters on once a month uh, for this TGIF. So small groups and small group leaders, I'm going to be reaching out to each of you to see if we can help, get some help uh, feeding these uh, youngsters. We're really excited about the opportunity to serve them and to minister to them, and we'd really like your support in helping us um, with that. The other thing I want to mention... Is uh, we uh, we've been upgrading our quiet room, or as some of the nursing mothers like to call the crying room, uh, so I've heard. Um, so we're updating that. We've got a TV in there now uh, for our for our new moms. Uh, we've got a TV in there, s- live streaming Greg, so you can't miss him right. when you go out to the when you need to go. Don't out change there. the channel. <laughs> 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 we, we're going to turn that feature off. You <laughs> must.
0: I can see the wheels turning over here. I can see there's it. A,
1: there's a small group of women that that's only meant for. You know who that, you know who It only goes are. to one channel. That's right. That's right. So that's just something we were excited about, that opportunity to be able to do that, and, and we've had the funds to be able to do that. So we're really excited about that and wanted to share that. So thank you. Great.
0: Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for everybody that made that happen. Good. Cool. All right. I think I've got another announcement in there. I uh, just want to remind everybody uh, that you ha- our, we have a prayer team that is available to pray with you if you would like some, some prayer support for something. After the service over here, they'll be hanging out. So feel free to come forward and just and share with them uh, what your prayer needs are. They'll they'll pray for you. So it's just, we always do that every Sunday. So it's a great opportunity just to to um, get help and help other people take you to God. I, I, was, I was thinking about you know, when I think about taking people to God, I think about the um, the friends of that one guy in the Gospels who carried him to Jesus and lowered him down through the roof, right? And uh, as I think about um, praying for each other, in a way, it's kind of like that. We're taking some, trying to help take somebody to the Lord, and they're in their, their needs. So, anyway, just want to remind you of that. And... Um, so we're, we're, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke, and if you are not um, familiar with the Gospels, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and those Gospels, think of them like biographies, biographies of the life of Jesus, right? Um, and, uh, you know, there are some stories in some of the Gospels that are not in others, and and that doesn't mean that, uh, oh, well, that it, it, they don't jive. No, they jive perfectly together. It's almost like, think about different eyewitness accounts, how you get different angles on, on things. Um, and, and that's kind of how the Gospels work. Well, today, uh, we are uh, in uh, this passage in Luke, and I, I'm calling the message today, can I get a witness? Okay? And uh, you'll see why in a second. Uh, but to start us off, I want you to think about um, political candidates often seek the endorsement or the official stamp of approval by someone they feel will help them win the election, right? You see that all the time, you know? This person picked up the endorsement of the Fraternal Order of Police or whatever. I mean, just they, you have these endorsements, and then also when people write books, book publishers often want authors to collect, they call them book blurbs, uh, I try to say that five times fast, <laughs> that's not going to go well. Uh, or uh, book endorsement statements. You know, you'll see these statements about what somebody has said about this book, and they they previewed it and so on. And in hopes that it will, you know, somebody who made a statement about the book is somebody that you like, and then you therefore might want to get the book. Now, moving into the 21st century as uh, the idea of influencers in social media. And, uh companies are seeking influencers in social media to basically, you know, be purveyors and promoters of their products, right? Um, now, in a way, that's nothing new because you had people doing, you know, athletes doing commercials and all this sort of thing. But, you know, uh, um, Instagram and TikTok have taken it to a whole nother level here. But uh, because there's, there's, there's beauty influencers, Maybe I should see them. I don't know. Beauty influencers, technology influencers, fitness influencers, entertainment influencers, lifestyle influencers, sports influencers, and on and on. Uh, And a lot of people, you know, really pay attention uh, and heed a lot of the the, uh, promotion that these influencers give. And so they actually wield, if you think about that, a lot of power. Um, And uh, so... What does that have to do with the Gospel of Luke? This is a great question. Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, so the, this morning, we're going to talk about two types of endorsement that Jesus received, all right? Two types of endorsements he received as right as he's getting ready to go public with his ministry, okay? So we, we have you know have a little bit on the infancy of Jesus. We had that one little slice when he was 12 years old, we talked about, right? And now here we have him coming up 30 years of age, um, and we'll read about that here in in the passage that we're facing. But but what's interesting is that in this passage today, Jesus will receive the hearty recommendation as the Messiah from two different types of witnesses. Uh, So these two endorsements, they point to to his credibility, right? Credibility of his claims of being the Messiah, the Savior of all those who would believe in him and trust in the work uh, he would perform on, be, on their behalf on the cross. So it's kind of like we're going to see two ways that Jesus has uh, God's stamp of approval, if you will, as Messiah. And remember, this uh, gospel is written to a person named Theophilus, and, and, and Luke is trying to explain to him that the things that he has been taught are true. He can count on them. So we're getting just more and more evidence as things go along. So let's pray together before we get into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for just the opportunity to come together to sing songs of truth uh, to you and to hear one another's voices singing praise. We also, Lord, just thank you for the opportunity to come together and hear your Word. And Holy Spirit, we just ask and pray that you would work in our hearts, help us to uh, not only intellectually understand what's going on here in this Bible passage, but to own it and to believe it and to let it have its way in our lives, Lord. And Father, we just uh, we pray and lift up our brothers and sisters who are hurting, who are suffer- who have suffered loss, who need just your special encouragement, and, uh, and, and they need to know your, your healing touch. Lord, we ask and pray that you do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, if, if you're an outliner, here's the outline. should be pretty quick. If you know me, it's not going quick. So, but we, here's the two uh, witnesses. You've got heavenly witness here in verses 18 to 22 of chapter 3. And then there's an earthly witness to uh, Jesus' Messiahship. In uh, verses 23 to 38. All right, so that's kind of where we're going. Hopefully, you're on the bus and taking the ride. Okay? All right, so uh, the first thing we've got going is the heavenly witness. And I'll read these verses for you here in verses 18 to 22, where it says So with many other exhortations, he, now this he here is uh, John the Baptist, he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, uh, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. Now let me stop there. Uh, Last week was all about John the Baptist, the one whom God had appointed to point to the Messiah, to point people to Jesus. And um, John was, uh, he didn't sugarcoat the truth. He told it like it was, and in doing so, he told one of the governing leaders there that he was in sin. And he paid the price, uh, and so far the price is jail time. And of course, he'll pay the ultimate price if you know the rest of the story as we go along. But uh, so, so this is what this is telling us here. And then we get to uh, kind of the part of our text today here. It says, now when all the people were baptized... And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens opened. Now, baptism, the way we do it here is, you know, you get dunked under the water and you come back up. They call that immersion, whatever. And um, some different uh, Christian denominations do that differently, baptism, but we do it that way. And, and so, remember here, these people were being baptized, as it was said, it was a baptism of repentance, John was calling people to repent of their sin or to turn away from their sinful life and to turn to God. That's what he was calling them to do. Uh, and also, they were still putting their hope in the coming Messiah, right? Uh, and, and yet, they didn't really know that he was like right, right there in the baptism line. Okay, I mean, you imagine this. There's a lot of people out there getting baptized, and here's Jesus. <laughs> What's he doing here, you know? Uh, that's a good question, by the way. Why was Jesus baptized? Um, I think we'll have a chance to talk about that today uh, a little bit. But uh, right now, let's just see what happens here. So it says, all these people have been baptized. Jesus also was baptized, praying, and then the heavens were opened. Then it says, and the Holy Spirit descended on him, meaning descended on Jesus, in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son, uh, with you, I'm well pleased. Um, now, that is quite amazing. I mean, you can imagine being there, you're out there in the baptismal waters, and uh, it's Jesus' turn. He gets baptized, right? Prays, and then the heavens open, and then you hear the voice of God the Father coming down from the heavens saying, He's my God. He's, this is my Son. I'm well pleased. Um, and I don't know if that's just a well pleased, like I'm so happy with the way things are going down there with my son and how he's just living a righteous life, even as a teenager, you know. And he's made it to 30 years old, or if it's just general kind of like uh, I'm, you know, he's the guy you need to listen to. Um, but either way, uh, they're seeing that God is God, the Father is saying uh, Jesus is my guy. Now it's interesting to note also. That later in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 9, there's a similar statement that comes from heaven, from God. In Luke chapter 9, verse 35, it says, the voice came out of the cloud saying, so now this is what God says this time about Jesus. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Listen to him. And so, at, at this event, the, the, uh, the 12 disciples were there, and, and so, you know, they're seeing some stuff happen. We won't get into the details, but, but it, God's just putting his stamp of approval, if you will, on Jesus, the Son, and saying, you need to listen to him. He is my son, okay? You know, and so, if you want somebody's endorsement, you definitely want God's, okay? Uh, especially if you're claiming to be the Messiah okay and you're saying the one who can has the authority to forgive sins and all these sorts of things that Jesus did and who definitely said many times by implication he he and god uh, he and god are one and that uh, he himself is deity and so on and so so we see this voice of affirmation coming from god the father about jesus the son now Later in Jesus' three-year earthly ministry, because that's all he had, three years. Uh, Think about that. If you just had three years to to be on mission for God, and this is what he did. Of course, he knew what his mission was, uh, right? He he had his face set on on the cross. He would die on the cross for our sins, and um, he he would suffer many things uh, prior to that. But but so but during this three year public ministry, uh, Jesus got to a certain point and he said some very challenging things to a large group of people, and many of them left. They just kind of like went on their way. Like like whoa, you want us to live like that? You want us to 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 pursue holiness in that way? We're we're not doing it. They just left him. In fact, I'll read for you the passage here where this is from. John chapter 6, Gospel of John chapter 6, verses 66 to 69. Here's what it says. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, so after the people left, he's turning to his closest people, the people that were following him, the the twelve. He says, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God, right? So he's challenging kind of his inner circle, if you will, uh, with the same thing. Do you want to leave too? And there's like, who are we going to go to? (laughs) Lord, you're it. Uh, You're the God's Holy One. And You have the words of eternal life. We know eternal life is found in you. So Simon Peter knew Jesus was the real deal. He knew that Jesus was the promised Savior. He knew that Jesus had God's approval and that he was the one and only Savior sent to us from God the Father. Simon Peter knew that. Um, And the question for you today and for all of us should be, have we believed that Jesus is God's Son? come down from God the Father, and that He is truly the one and only Savior who demonstrated His love for you and I by dying on the cross in our place. Do do we believe that? Now, there's plenty of evidence that God gives that this is the case. And I would just encourage anybody here who's kind of like in um, investigation mode. You want to see if the things we're saying is true. Just read these biographies of Jesus. Read the Gospels. And ask God to show you Himself and help you to understand what is written there. Right? We have the words of written Jesus written down. See what He said. See why He came. See why He died. See why He rose again. And just, just see for yourself, read for yourself and ask God to show you. You know, maybe read along with a friend, read along with another with a with a Christian, someone you know. Who, who believes in Christ and has put their faith in Jesus and read along with them and talk about it. Bring your questions out that you have. You know, I just encourage you that, you know, um, the Lord wants you to know Him and He has revealed, God has revealed Himself to us through the person of Jesus. You want to know God, you got to get to know Jesus. That's how it works, okay? And so... So we have Jesus' baptism here uh, was the first occasion in which we hear directly from God the Father regarding Jesus, right here at his baptism. Now, more is happening here, too, I think, than just uh, getting uh, God's endorsement, if you will, or God saying, this is my son. Did you see that? In Luke chapter 3, verse 22, where it said this, and the Holy Spirit... Uh, descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And you read that, and, and if you, you think about it, you're like, okay, well, you know, we've talked about this. We've talked about that Jesus is the God-man. He's fully God and fully man, right? So you might think, well, since he's God, why does he need the Holy Spirit? Well, in his humanity, he does, <laughs> okay? He needs the Holy Spirit, just like you and I. In his humanity, many times it'll say in the Scriptures about the Holy Spirit's role in Jesus' life here on the earth, okay? And so um, it, it may seem strange to us, but he needed the Spirit as well in his humanity to carry out all that God had asked him to do. Because remember, he needed to carry it out as a man. And he also needed to be fully God so that he could be sinless, right? both had to be true, all right and so here he is, it says, the Holy Spirit descended on him, okay? so um, now also, I think this is probably um, the mark of God's anointing on his life, right? receiving the spirit in this way, uh, his anointing of God, like when you see, think of someone being anointed for ministry as though they're getting ready to start off on their ministry, and that's what's happening with Jesus. Getting, he's ready, get ready to go public, right, at this, uh, as soon as he has uh, the baptism and then followed by the temptation in the wilderness. That's when you know, he'll go public with things. Now, um, it's interesting, you think about this. You know, Jesus needed the Spirit of God. You think you do? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you and I, we need... Now, we, every believer gets the Spirit of God. Okay? And uh but the question is are we relying on him? And uh what how you would say it is kind of like appropriating his power? Or are you kind of like plugging in to the power that God has given you to do the ministry uh, and the things that he's called you to do? And what a difference it makes. Think about, think about Peter again. Now, Peter um, when he was, you know, so you got to fast forward in Jesus' ministry, and as they come to arrest uh, Jesus, right, to take him off, and as the uh, Holy Week starts, and, and he's going to be taken off to the cross, then they start, you know, because if you want to squelch a rebellion, you've got to find all the players, right? So we're going to take down Jesus, and we're going to find all those who were associated with him, right? That's what I mean, if that's what you were going to do, I mean, you wanted to be good at it, um, that's what you would do. And so they start talking to his known associates. And so they come up to Peter and say, Peter, I think we saw you with Jesus, didn't we? Right? Well, and if you know the rest of the story, he denied even knowing Jesus three times. Right. Now, fast forward, God pours out the Spirit right at Pentecost in Acts chapter 1, and there Peter is in Acts chapter 4. The same Peter who denied the Lord and was afraid of that imprisonment and all of that, which, and I'm not blaming him because probably we would have, may have done the same thing, right? Um, that same Peter, it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, then preaches, okay, boldly to thousands of people. And uh, many are baptized that day. And so you have this, he had this moment of weakness. The Lord redeemed him, right? And so now here he is. But it says in that verse, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he preached. So, you know, the Holy Spirit is given to us, uh, among many other things, but it's to, to empower us to do the ministry that we're called to do. And so I just wanted to take the opportunity to ask ourselves, those who are believers and followers of Jesus, um, you know, are you doing ministry? Are you serving the Lord? Are you playing the roles that God has you play uh, in the Spirit's power, or are you doing it on your own? And if you're like me and most people, it's probably a little bit of both, right? Some days, more of the Spirit is coming through. Some days, more of the flesh is coming through, right? But I think the thing is, we need to remember that doing ministry in the power of the Spirit is like cutting down a tree with a very sharp axe. There's still work involved, but it's going to go a lot better the effects will be much more impactful. Now, you may not see the effects, but there'll be much more of a spiritual impact happening, right? Versus just doing it in your own power without even thinking about what the Lord wants you to be doing and relying on Him and praying to Him and asking for her help and wisdom in the things He's calling you to do, right? So how do we know? Well, maybe just ask some questions. There might be a few questions you could ask yourself to see if you're relying on yourself versus relying on the Spirit, well, how about this? What are you believing God for in your life? What are you doing that actually involves trust, believing God for? Or, you know, because, you know, if you think about that, if you think about it, you don't have much of an answer. Or maybe another way to ask it is uh, what are you trusting God for? What are you asking God for? Ministry wise. Because if we don't have an answer to that, it's, it's possible we might just be kind of going along on our own power without saying, well, I don't know, because you know, the, 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 the underlying thing there, and even though we don't believe this, maybe our actions might be saying, I really, I'm really not doing anything that takes much faith, that takes uh, much trust and prayer and casting myself on God to get it done. Maybe we're just doing things that are doable. Doable you hear me? Um, and so, I, again, we can all vacillate uh, to different parts of the spectrum of fully relying on the Spirit or not relying on Him at all. But but I, I think it is, it's always a good question to ask ourselves, right? If our prayer life is mostly non-existent, then we may not be doing anything that requires God's power. That's very possible. And so, again, these are just kind of reflective questions that... Uh, that we could ask ourselves and maybe should ask ourselves to see if we are really um, going through life and doing ministry, um, doing the things He calls us to do uh, in our own power or in the Lord's power. Another question would be is, am I regularly exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians 5? Right, and Because those that's the fruit of the Spirit. So if you're being filled with the Spirit and directed by Him, then you will likely be exhibiting right love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right those uh, the fruit of the spirit. And so, um, again, nobody's perfect in all of those qualities, but I think the thing is, if there are if there are's in some measure and are increasing, then that's a good indicator that we are um, living uh, living lives of, uh, of faith and in God's power and the Holy Spirit's power. So, so, we, the, so God the Father gives us His heavenly witness here, uh, His endorsement of Jesus. He authenticates Jesus as the Messiah. He anoints Him with power for ministry via the Holy Spirit. And so let's take a look at the other witness that Luke gives concerning Jesus, um, and, and that is the earthly witness. Now, if we're all honest many of us skip right over these verses, okay? I admit many times when I get to the genealogy list, I start saying, now where does that end? You know, when does the verse pick up after that? You know, right? And so so what we're going to do in this passage here is I want you to just kind of take note of two things. We're going to read the names, but but I, I want you to notice two things. One is you'll see in the lineage here is King David, that's important. Okay? And then I want you to see who the last name in the list is. Okay? Now, I'm not saying all the other people aren't important. That's not the point. But I think the because you can spend a lot of time, there's a lot of speculation on why Luke's list is a little different than Matthew's list and there's some overlap, And but nobody told us what, what, why the difference, okay? Um, and, and I will tell you this, though. Um, some people uh, will try to say, oh, listen, um, You know, this person really wasn't the father of this person like it says here. Okay, well, one way to address that and to think about that is this. When it says the son of blah, 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 another way to think of that word is this is an ancestor of blah, 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 blah. blah, Okay? That's one way to think about it. Okay? There might be other ways to connect those dots, okay, of the the ancestral trees uh, and so on. But... um, You know, there's all kinds of speculation. Like, well, maybe one list is kind of Mary's line, the other one's Joseph's line, all kinds of things. But we really don't know what the intention was in Luke's list. Um, But um, the one thing, let's just get, let's take a look at the names here and uh, we'll see how we do. Okay, so Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age being the son, as was supposed of Joseph. Now, that might be an allusion to the fact that, you know, Jesus was a very special baby, right? He didn't come by normal means. Okay? So, being the son, as was supposed of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Geni, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mattathias, the son of Semen, the son of Joshek, the son of Jodah, the son of they don't like the names either. I don't say I knew that. The sons the son of Resha, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adai, the son of Kosum, the son of Elmadam, the son of Er, the son of Joshua, the son of Eleazar, the son of Joram, the son of Mattha, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonah, the son of Eliakim. Yeah, we got it. The son of Melia, the son of Menna, the son of Math, Mattha, the son of Nathan, the son of David. There we said mentioned that. The son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of and the son of Nashon. the son of Amminadab, the son of Admin, the son of Am. Excuse me. Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Zerug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphadak, Arphaxad. How's that? The son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lemech the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalelo, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Okay, the son of Adam, that's the last one, right? Okay, now, let's talk about this. So, all right, so a couple of things. One is is I think that I mentioned the the about the connection with David, right? So this list of names uh, does show us that Jesus is of the proper family line, so that he could be the Messiah. Okay, uh, and that is because he is a descendant of David, right? In verse thirty one, it says right there, the son of Dave, Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse. And so, um, one of the prophets, many of the prophets prophesied that he would be coming from the line of David, but one of them, Isaiah, says this, he says, there shall come uh, forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Okay, the shoot from the stump of Jesse is just another way of saying there will be a son of Jesse, right? Um, well, who do we know is the son of Jesse? David, right? And a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And so one of David's descendants, it says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. Have we not seen that? Right? We have. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. And with right, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. And so, all of this is just speaking of the Messiah who would come. And you can see this particular passage in Isaiah 11, among many others, and you can certainly research this um, to see where there are prophecies about the life of Jesus uh, in the Old Testament, and you could see the fulfillment in the New, okay? But we see here that Jesus uh, is of the line of David, and the Messiah was also coming down that line. So he qualifies, that's the point, Okay. So his earthly credentials tell us that, yes, this is very possible. He is the Messiah, okay? Um, Now, one last thing we don't want to miss here when we come to this uh, about Jesus' baptism and to his family tree, so kind of putting the two together. Remember, I mentioned keep an eye on that last name, Adam, right? So Matthew's list doesn't go all the way back to Adam. Luke's does. And I think that, uh, again, this is my opinion, I, I think that there might be a couple of different reasons for this. Um, and one is, though, it is to see that um, Jesus, by being baptized that day, is basically standing there and identifying with the people he's going to save. Okay? Now, John the Baptist... When he, uh, we, we don't have the record in the Gospel of Luke about this, but in Matthew's Gospel, again, another eyewitness account, we have a little interaction between John the Baptist and Jesus about the baptism. Okay? And um, here's what happens. In Matthew chapter 3, it says, uh, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John, John the Baptist, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me, right? So here's John the baptizer out there. What's he telling people to do out there? Repent. What do you repent of? Sin. Jesus doesn't have anything to repent of. He's sinless, right? He doesn't have any sin. And so John's like, no, no, I think we got this backwards here. Jesus, you should be baptizing me. I've got plenty to repent of, you know, not you. But Jesus, listen to his response though. Listen to how Jesus answers that objection. Verse 15, Matthew chapter 3, it says, But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Did you get that last phrase? He says, We've we got to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And that's, that was Jesus' response. And so then he went on to be baptized. Okay, so, so Jesus is like, I have to identify with the people I'm saving, not as a sinner, but one who's going to stand here in the waters of baptism and who after this very day, uh, you know, in the very next chapter of chapter Luke, you know what comes next? His temptation. Who failed the temptation first? Adam. Adam blew it, Right? Adam blew it. So, you end chapter 3 with Jesus is the descendant of Adam. Adam did this. We're responsible too for our own sin, but you know, it all started with Adam and Eve, right? And they they sinned, right? And ever since then, uh, the entire universe literally has been affected by sin in our own lives as well. And so, uh, we sin as well, and that's as a result. We're we're of the seed of Adam. We, we sin. We're sinners. You can say that, you know? I mean, um, but Jesus, um, he's coming on the scene, and he's not only going to die for our sins to forgive us, he's going to live the perfect life that was meant for us to live. You get that? Both are happening here. It's important that not only Jesus died, but that he lived. That makes sense, because he, the fact that he can live a perfect life and did live a perfect life, and that that's the only way he could stand there in our place, that he could offer himself as the perfect sacrifice, the God Man, the man in his humanity, he lived a perfect life. He's standing there in the waters of baptism as our representative. Uh, the first item failed. He's coming to do and get it right. That's what's happening in these verses here. So we have Jesus, you know, again, why did Jesus, why was he baptized? I think one of the reasons why is he needed to be uh, identifying with the people he was saving. Um, So he submitted to baptism. He identifies with the sinful people he came to save uh, through his substitutionary life and his substitutionary death. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, just a quick verse here. says, this is talking about Jesus. It says, for our sake, he made him, God made Jesus, he made him to be sin. Not that he sinned, but he became sin, it says for us. He made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become not the not forgi- not just forgiven, what does it say? The righteousness of God, right? How are we going to get the righteousness of God in these unholy people that we are? Well, there's got to be an exchange, right? Jesus' right- righteousness, the way he lived his life, is actually put to our account. right that, that's, I mean, it's a mystery why God would do that because we know we don't live holy lives. We know we fall short all the time of what God wants us to do, right? But the man Jesus, the God-man Jesus, he lived a perfect life as a man so that his righteousness could be put to our account. Without it, you just have like a blank slate of your sin forgiven. There's no no one living a righteous life. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 shows us that um, he is this model uh, of the perfect man living the perfect life he 's doing what adam didn 't do okay? and there 's other places in the scripture that talk about um, Jesus being like another Adam or the second adam right? because he 's doing it right, and we didn't, that needed to be done so um, I again, this is just my opinion. I think that the reason uh, Luke has. Adam's name there, and then we go to the wilderness, and in the temptation, Jesus passes with flying colors and does not sin. That's where Adam failed. And he wants us to see the contrast. Jesus did it right for us. His righteousness counts for us when we, be, when we believe in Jesus. We're forgiven of our sin, and his righteousness is put to our account when we believe when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, I know it's easy to pass over those lists of names, and you can do lots of research and looking into the different ones, but um, to me, like, um, it's important just to know that one of the reasons you kind of, um, in in this context, would want to give your family line is to show that you are the rightful heir to something, right? And then he's the rightful heir to messiahship, if you will. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're coming to you this morning just thankful that we are able to uh, look at your word. We're able to talk about it in the open air without reprisal, Lord. And um, we also just thank you for uh, Jesus Christ who lived and died for us, lived and died for us. And so, Lord, we thank you so much um, what he did. He died in our place. He lived, in a sense, in our place. And so, Lord, we are thankful for that. Thank you, Lord, also for um, anyone who puts their faith in Jesus, receives the forgiveness of sins, has the righteousness of Jesus put to our account, but then also is given the Holy Spirit to be able to carry out all that you've called us to do, Lord, help us, help us to rely on you, to trust you, to believe you um, for great things, Lord, so that you would be glorified. Lord, help us to live lives, not just that are ones where we can do, we're doing things that we can do, that we can do on our own power, but God, help us, Father, help us to do things uh, that we have to trust you, we have to step out of our comfort zone, we have to see you work, Lord and trust you for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.